The Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by MyBookie.ag. Right now, to honor football, MyBookie is offering up to $1,000 in free bets using the promo code SGP. That's right, $1,000 in bonus bets on your first deposit when you use the promo code SGP. Play, win, and get paid at MyBookie.ag. AG. The Sports Gambling Podcast is also brought to you by Amazon. You probably already shop at Amazon, but why not shop at Amazon and support us here at the Sports Gambling Podcast for bringing you these shows for free. All you have to do to support us is log on to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Amazon, bookmark that link and use it every time you shop at Amazon to support the podcast today. Let it ride. Australia next. Seems like a massive fight. Where do you do that fight? In a stadium in Australia, and that fight is ridiculous. Whitaker and Adesanya are going to break every live gate record in the history of the sport. This is going to be the biggest fight in the UFC history. listening to the fight show here on the sports gambling podcast network follow the sports gambling podcast network on twitter at the sgp network you can follow me on twitter at lockbetting and check out my website lockbetting.com the fight show is back um we've had a very good fight show last time out when we did cover the fight with errol spence and sean porter we were right to take spence on points with that one so the fight shows good run continues to roll on and we hope it continues here where we'll be covering the biggest ufc fight of the year ufc 243 which is happening in a stadium in melbourne and a complete pick and fight where israel adesanya and robert whittaker are both priced at 10 to 11 10 to 11 minus 110 minus 110 so that really does tell you how much of a pick and fight it is and it is a huge huge fight but that's not all it's not just ufc we're going to be covering on this podcast because we have massive big time boxing this weekend as triple g returns to the ring in what could be 
his last fight before he takes on Canelo Alvarez one more time. So let's start with the UFC because we did build that up off the top of the show and we look immediately at this fight between Robert Whittaker and Israel Adesanya. This is a complete pick and fight, as we said, and every facet of the market does represent that. So if you look at the odds of winning the fight, you got Whitaker at 10 to 11, Adesanya at 10 to 11. The knockout markets, Whitaker 9 to 4, Adesanya 9 to 4. Submission, Whitaker 10 to 1, Adesanya 20 to 1. So they've given Whitaker the submission edge there, although there's no way this fight ends in a submission. And the decision market, Whitaker available 3 to 1, Adesanya 4 to 1. So again, another edge there for Whitaker. But I think that one could be down to the uh, home advantage that he has here in this one. The knockout rounds, um, as usual, the odds get bigger the later you get onto the fight. Whitaker in one is eights. Whitaker in two is nines. Whitaker in three is tens. Whitaker in four is 14. And Whitaker in five rounds is 20 to one. Adesanya to get it done in round one is sevens. Adesanya in round two is tens. Twelves for round three. 16 to one round four and 20 to one in round five. Uh, the double chance markets, Whitaker via knockout submission is 13 to 8, Whitaker via submission or decision 2 to 1, Whitaker via knockout or decision 10 to 11, far more likely, but at that juncture, you might as well take him just to win the fight. Uh, there's no point taking that pointless risk when it's priced at the same price as um, the outright. Uh, Adesanya at 7 to 4 via TKO submission, 11 to 4 via submission or a decision, and evens on a TKO or a decision. Again, he's 10 to 11 to win it outright, so you may as well just not bother taking the risk. The total round markets here see the under 0.5 rounds at 17 to 2. That's for the fight to finish in the first two and a half minutes. Over 0.5 is 1 to 20. That's the fight to last over two and a half minutes. Under 1.5 is 9 to 4. That's for the fight to end under a minute and a half into the second round. Over 1.5 is for the fight to go over two and a half minutes in the second round. Under two and a half rounds is available five to four. Over two and a half rounds is available four to seven. Under three and a half rounds is five to six. Over three and a half rounds is five to six. And it's obviously the magic number there. It's um, two and a half minutes into uh, round four, which is seen as the that's the key number here. And uh, under four and a half rounds is eight to 13. And over 4.5 rounds is six to five. That's basically more or less the fight going the distance. It's two and a half minutes short. If you want to fully commit to the distance, it's 11 to eight. And it's four to seven for it not to go the distance. So that's pretty much an extensive breakdown of the markets. And I guess it just leaves us down to where do we see the fight being won? Well, the fight, I think, is going to be won on the feet. I don't think any of these guys are particularly going to be looking for a takedown. It's a great fight between the best two strikers in the division. I give the edge to, to Adesanya. I think he's uh, the better overall striker and we're looking to stay at range and use uh, a lot of kicks in this one. I think Whitaker is the more rounded fighter, which is why you see him having like shorter prices there on the points and in the submission market. And I think he has more power as well. If you look at the two guys, you can see that that's evident. It's almost difficult to believe that they're in the same weight class because Adesanya does have this 
um, kind of skinny sort of build where he, he doesn't look like he's going to be such a great striker, but he is. Um, we'll be looking to close this distance and get more into boxing range. The, the Lankia Adesanya does have a seven-inch reach advantage, and he's been very active as well lately. Uh, he has six wins in just 20 months, uh, whereas Whitaker hasn't fought in over a year, and he's coming off two brutal fights with Yoel Romero, and uh, he took some damage in those fights as well. And I always think that time off in the octagon can be deadly. Um, rust is never a good thing, and um, it's, you have to be an elite, elite fighter to recover from rust. We saw Khabib Namegamadoff uh, recover for where in 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 contrast to Khabib Namagamadov, we saw Namagamadov destroy Conor McGregor when he was coming off a long layoff, where he went to go and attempt to be a boxer and um, and then come back into the octagon and got destroyed by Namagamadov. So most of the time, rust is a big no-no, and I just think those uh, those. Those act, that activity over the last 20 months and having those six fights is going to give Adesanya a big edge in this one. Um, I do like him on points, although it's going to have to be clear cut because we could see a home decision here in a close fight. Um, I think the best way to guarantee Adesanya winning this fight is to take him by a knockout, but um, is for him, sorry, to secure the knockout, not for us to take him as a knockout. But um, missing out both of those markets, I would say that Adesanya overall... Uh, in either way, um, Adesanya by knockout or Adesanya via, via points, the outright pick of Adesanya is the way to go because I do think we see the crowning of a new champion here in UFC. And he comes into this as the interim champion, but I don't like interim championships where um, it basically means that they crown a temporary champion in the absence of the the real champion be it through a injury or any kind of other issue with John Jones obviously we've seen numerous other issues in the past we've seen that card come into play but not a big fan of interims and um, here I feel that Adesanya will be able to establish himself as the true champion in this division other fights on the card I'm going to run this through the top three um, a good semi-main event where we see Dan Hooker taking on Al Iliquinta. Uh, I think this fight will be a close fight and um, it'll be standing again for the most part. It's another fight that could go to distance. Uh, I'm looking to lean with Hooker as my pick because I think he's the harder hitter and has more striking in his toolbox. He's also stopped a lot of guys. Um, it, it does seem like a, a pass or a pass or dog line here because Aliquinta is the better overall boxer and if anyone's going to get takedowns it's going to be him and he does have a lot more roots to winning this fight um, but if it comes to any kind of decision and it's any kind of close fight again you would lean with Hooker here because he'll have the crowd on his side and anything he does in offense is going to be influenced uh, he's going to, the crowd reaction is going to influence the judges here you're going to hear them erupting and cheering anytime that um, Hooker does manage to connect with anything or even if he doesn't he's going to be appear to the judges that he is winning this fight you'd think that they would be able to deploy judges that be able to see through that but it's not always the case we have seen a lot of homer decisions in a lot of ufc and a lot of boxing fights as well it's very rare that we see sort of for example brazilians beaten in in brazil um the fight the prices on this fight sees aliquinta at 11 to 8 and and dan hooker at four to six the methods to victory see aliquinta is 15 to 2 by knockout and dan hooker at three to one so a clear advantage there for him on the knockout front it's 11 to 1 aliquinta by submission and it's 17 to 17 to 2 on hooker that's surprising for me because Alaquinta is more likely to take it to the ground and probably has a better ground game. 5-2 uh, to two, Alaquinta in the decision and 13-8 to eight on a hooker. 
that's where I'm leaning towards. I'm leaning towards Hooker to get this done in a decision, uh, primarily because he has the home advantage behind him as well. The final fight we're going to look at features Tay Tuavasa, another home crowd favourite. He'll be going up against Sergei Spivak, where Tuavasa comes into this one as the 1-4 to minus 400 favourite, with Spivak's a 3-1 to underdog. Spivak's 7-1 to to win his fight knockout, whereas Tuavasa is 8-13. to Both guys are 10-1 to to win it via sub. Spivak's 7-1 via decision. And Tuavasa is five to one. I fully expect Tuavasa to give the home crowd the knockout that they want to see here, possibly in rounds one or two. Round one is available at even money, whereas Tuavasa is five to one to get it done in round two. A little bit of value there for Tuavasa to win it in the second. But ultimately, I do think that they'll get what they want to see. Um, He's going to be an aggressive fighter who comes forward. He's always an aggressive fighter that always comes forward looking for a knockout. That's just who Tuavasa is. And um, he's going to be a huge crowd favorite here. And the only thing that will make the crowd happy is uh, Tuavasa getting the knockout. Yes, they'll be happy to see him win. But I think this fight's been put here in this place to deliver a knockout because it's going to be surrounded, in my opinions, by a few fights that go to decisions when you have um, the fight before it between uh, Jumeo and Lima and then it's followed by Hooker and Ella Quinta and even the main event could be a decision between Adesanya and Whitaker. whereas this fight almost guarantees a knockout here for Tuavasa and I think that's what he's going to deliver and it's not to disrespect Spivak but I just feel that uh, this is all set up for Tuavasa to give the crowd a happy home crowd knockout. From here, we move on to the boxing, where Triple G is going to be in action this weekend. This is a big fight for Triple G because if he wins it, he will go on to face Canelo Alvarez, providing Canelo Alvarez gets past his big fight next month. On the 3rd of November, Canelo Alvarez is going to be fighting against Sergey Kovalev. That's going to be a massive fight, whereas Gennady Golovkin has chosen to step in the ring here against Sergey Derevyanchenko. Now, let's try saying that one three times. The last time we saw Derevyanchenko, he looked very, very good in his last fight, which makes it difficult here to completely rule him out when Daniel Jacobs gave Triple G some problems as well, whereas Derevyanchenko, a lot of people could have argued, may have won that fight against Jacobs. Now, Jacobs is a very, very competent fighter. And had it been another generation where we didn't have Canelo and Triple G, we would be probably talking about Daniel Jacobs as a very dominant champion. But we're not. We do have these fighters here. And um, it's very tough for the likes of uh, Derevyanchenko and 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 others to to really get a looking because we have two dominant fighters, so dominant that they're in the pound-for-pound conversation. You have to put Triple G in the top 10 and you have to put Canelo in the top 10. And I almost think it's to the point where their fights determine who has the number one ranking. And I think that will change once we do eventually see Errol Spence and Terence Crawford having their fight. But until they fight each other, those two, I feel, can only be considered as as the two and three behind the winners of the Canelo Triple G fights. And then, of course, Lamachenko's a different breed altogether because he's of a lighter weight and really can't be uh, shoehorned into this conversation because he's doing his thing at a lighter weight and looking excellent in doing it, as we saw last month or the month before when he disposed of um, 
Luke Campbell. So who wins this fight with um, Canelo and Derevyachenko? Uh, Canelo is the one to five favorite, uh, and he's eleven to ten to win it by knockout, five to four via decision. In contrast, Derevyanchenko is four to one to win the fight overall, eight to one via knockout, and six to one via decision. Regardless um, of what the outcome is, I think that this fight is certainly going into the second half. Both men are hard hitters. I think Triple G, obviously, being the more likely to get a knockout, as the odds obviously reflect with him being nearly close to evens to get it. But Derevyanchenko can hang in there. There's no doubt about it. He's only had a... A, a few dozen fights, um, a dozen, just over a dozen fights here. The last time out, I believe, is his 14th fight, and this one will be his 15th. So he's in a very, very high position for somebody who's not really seen too much in-ring action. But that just pretty much says how good of a fighter he is and how much of a risk that um, um, Triple G is taking taking on this fight um, at this stage when it is somewhat of an eliminator to get back to Canelo. Will he lose it? No. Is there any threat that he'll lose it? In my opinion, no. But with uh, 10 knockouts from his first 14 fights, he does have a puncher's chance of stopping Triple G, especially if Triple G isn't the old Triple G, especially if we're seeing somewhat of a more aged Triple G because some people do believe that the fight against Canelo did expose Triple G in periods because he did take some rounds off and did allow Canelo to win win the fight, uh, win rounds in the fight quite easily. Um, whether Canelo actually legitimately did win enough rounds to to legitimately win that fight will be argued forever. Probably not in the first fight, possibly more of an argument he made in the second fight. But it's very, very difficult, as we always say, to beat Canelo on points. He owns the judges, he owns the promoters, he's the biggest fighter in the world. So in order to beat Canelo Alvarez, you're going to have to completely and utterly dominate him like Mayweather did and win pretty much every single round, in which case Mayweather did and still ended up with a split decision. Or you're going to have to knock the guy out. And that's what Canelo's uh, Triple G is going to need. He's going to probably need to knock Canelo out at some point in order to have that win in his legacy and to overcome that sole defeat on his record. But in order to get there, we can't overlook Darovyachenko, who fights this weekend. Looking at the fight, um, the main question, as I already addressed, is Golovkin slipping? Um, I don't think there's much to argue at this point. Uh, the question is for me is it's just by how much because when you're hit, hitting that age group um, in your late 30s, which, which I myself have moved past 35 um, and I can tell you just generally just feel a lot more tired you generally just don't do things as well as you used to and then obviously I'm by no means a world-class athlete at all but how could it not affect you this is a reason why we see a lot of soccer players having no transfer valuation after the age of 33 because Unless you're a goalkeeper, it does have a knock-on effect of athletes. Tom Brady, of course, is the biggest freak in sports in that he continues to play at the same level year in, year out, despite hitting his 40s. But in boxing, that often isn't the case. Uh, the lofty perch which Golovkin once stood on even slippage still leaves him well above most of the pack here in the middleweight division. In middleweight division. I don't believe we can expect to see an improved version of Triple G. I don't think we'll see one ever again, to be honest. But on the other side, um, we have Derevyachenko, who is a solid, solid fighter and would beat all the other middleweights out there 
give or take this this handful in in the top four or five. Um, but he's not a special fighter, and he's certainly not the special fighter that Triple G once was, and he's not a special fighter that Triple G remains, despite the fact that Triple G may have lost, you know, something here or there, and maybe less than what he was, he's still, I think, a class above someone like Derevyachenko. Um, he had some difficulty um, when he when he went up to the higher level against Daniel Jacobs, but he actually acquitted himself better than most people thought he would. Now, the, the philosophy on this one will be, if you can't beat Daniel Jacobs, uh, you're not going to be able to step up here and beat Triple G. But another argument with that counter-argument would be that did Daniel Jacobs beat Triple G? Go back and watch the fight. Give me your own opinions. It's so available easily on YouTube. A lot of people believe that Daniel Jacobs did win that fight and um, kind of got shafted out of the decision because at that time, Triple G and Canelo was on the horizon. Um, I don't think it's going to be hard for Deviachenko to exploit Triple G in this matchup. Um, Triple G is an extremely good technician who can put away middling competition in emphatic fashion. But against the division's elites, it has often been a different story. Uh, in the end, I think uh, Triple G will win this in in, in pretty fan-friendly fight, uh, which is going to be pleasing to the eye. But I don't know if he manages to close the show. So I'm not really loving that price of even money. If he does win this fight, I think it's going to be in that rounds 9 to 12 bracket or to be more safe, the rounds 7 to 12 bracket market. Triple G to win the fight in the round 7 to 12 is available at 7 to 2, whereas Triple G to win this fight on points is available at 6 to 4 best price. Now, what you could do in this fight is playing both of those markets for a profit. So what that would entail doing is, for example, taking £100 on Triple G to win it on points, returning you 250 and hedging £50 back on Triple G to win this fight in round 7 to 12, which would return you 225 So you would even be making £100 profit from your £150 stake or a £75 profit from your £150 stake with your hedge. An easier way to possibly do this is to go to Skybet because Skybet already offer you the markets here where you can take things on the double chance. Now, there are various options here, but the only one that we're really interested in is the double chance that sees Triple G in rounds 7 to 12 or on points, which is available at 8 to 13. Now, I like this a lot, so I would be advocating a 1.5 unit bet on that selection. Therefore, 1.5 units on Triple G to win this fight in round 7 to 12 or on points would return you £242.30p. I like it. I like the option. I like the fact that you can go and do it. Taking it on this double chance market does take the complication out of it, providing that you have got a Skybet account. But I also like it the other way as well. If you haven't got a Skybet account, don't worry about taking a triple G on a decision and then putting your hedge out immediately. It's sometimes it's okay to hedge. It's more it's, it's even more okay to hedge in the middle of a selection where you have a two or three team parlay and you and you need to hedge out on the fourth or third or fourth one. That's absolutely fine. 
it's also okay to hedge in the middle of the game where you have a soccer team that's 2-0 up or an NFL team that's 14-0 up and um, and you want to make a hedge on the other team at a big price of 5, 6, 7, 8 to 1. It's absolutely fine. I, I've got no issue with hedging. I, I work in um, an industry where it's the the key element is to secure profit. I'm not really into the whole gambling element, whereas I almost play this as investment. And in this instance, I think it's a sound investment to bet on this fight and you only need two things to happen. You need Triple G to win this fight and you need over six rounds to go by. So if Triple G is winning this fight, quite comfortably and six rounds pass which is 18 minutes you win these bets if you just take him on points you now need to ride out the whole second half of the fight and it could be stopped for anything the corner could pull him out he could get a significant cut Uh, anything could happen here in order for you to lose your bet alternatively if you want to risk the points feel free to hedge round by round obviously it'll be you'll be getting much worse odds if the guy is getting absolutely battered but if he isn't then the knockout price overall will rise in the later half of the fight. I've seen knockout prices rise as high as six or seven to one in fights um, just just as we get to the, the sixth or seventh round because the knockout doesn't look likely and it doesn't look like either man is going to be toppled. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, bang, they are because this is boxing and one punch can change the entire game. But... I stand by select my selection so much so that I am making it the official lock on this show. So I'm not going to be going for a UFC lock. I am going for a boxing lock on this show and it's going to be triple G on the double chance round seven to 12 or on points. If you want my official UFC plays, they will be over on my website, lockbaiting.com. We've had a very, very solid run on UFC as of late including going 5-0 and on the card before last and making a significant profit on the last one where we ended up going 5-2. and So UFC is in a good spot for us at the moment and we look to continue it on this weekend with this card. A lot of stuff I like on the card. Um, I did like... Adesanya in the main event but uh, main card aside there's often stuff sitting there on the prelims which are easy money makers as well and we have been making money on the prelims recently and there are some prelim picks that I'll be posting out so as I said check out my website for UFC picks lockbetting.com but the lock is going to be from this fight so uh, I won't be posting up anything additional for this fight Um, if you guys do want to hit me up and are finding difficulty landing this market and you don't want to go through the route of um, searching bookies for one place to find 7 to 12 group rounds and one place to find Canelo on points, then uh, just hit me up. I'll show you where to find it at Skybet and maybe you can sign up for an account. Or, of course, you can use Odds Checker or, or any of the other sites to find the best available prices. Make sure you have plenty of betting accounts. Make sure it's always an option for you to price shop because I don't understand why people take any old price just because they've signed up to a particular bookie. There's no law to say that you can't sign up for six, seven, eight, nine, twenty, twenty-five, thirty. Why wouldn't you? Um you wouldn't just go to one supermarket relentlessly or just buy your car from one place. It's just dumb not to shop around um for a better price in terms of where you place your bets. It just makes no sense to me when when people just say, oh I only bet with I won't name bookies. I won't put anyone under a bus, but I only bet with this place or that place and and that's who I got my account with. Well, that's stupid. 
because this is an excuse that's thrown at me loads of times with why you can't get the prices I get, uh, why you can't get the markets I get, why you can't even get the sports I get when a load of people say that my bookie doesn't do WWE. Well, change bookie or find another bookie or, or bet with six, seven, eight, nine, ten bookies. The choice is yours. And uh, I would always recommend giving yourself an alternative option. Anyway, that concludes this edition of the Fight Show. Good luck with all of your bets as always. And thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> <laughs>